Hello, my name is Uttam Agrari. I am sharing an audiobook, How to Win Friends and Influence People, written by Dale Carnegie and narrated by me. So, now chapter 9, What Everybody Wants. Wouldn't you like to have a magic phrase that would stop arguments, eliminate ill feelings, create goodwill and make the other persons listen attentively? Yes, alright. Here it is. I don't blame you one iota for feelings as you do. If I were you, I would undoubtedly feel just as you do. An answer like that will soften and most cantankerous old Chris alive. And you can say that uh, and be 100% sincere because if you were the other person, uh, you, of course, would feel just as he does. Take A.I. Capon for examples. Suppose you had inherited the same body and temp uh, temperament and mind that uh, Al Capon had. Suppose you had this environment and experiences. You would then be precisely what he was and where he was. For it is those things and only those things that made him what he was. The only reason, for example, that uh, you are not rattlesnake is uh, that your mother and father were not rattlesnakes. You deserve very little credit for being what you are and uh, remember the people who come to you irritated, biogated, uh, unreasoning deserve very little discredit for being what they are. Feel sorry for the poor devils, pity them, sympathize with them, say to yourself, Dear but for the grace of God go I. Three-fourths of people you will ever meet are hungering and thirst, uh, thirsting for sympathy. Give it to them and they will love you. I once gave a broadcast about uh, the author of Little Women, Louisa May Alcott. Naturally, I knew she had lived and written her immortal books in Concord, Massachusetts, but Without thinking, was I was saying I spoke to visiting her old home in Concord, New Hampshire. If I had said New Hampshire only once, it might have been forgiven, but alas and alack, I said it twice. I was deluged with letters and telegrams stinging messages uh, that swirled around my defenseless head like a swarm of uh, hornest. Many were indignant, a few insulting. One colonial dam who had been reared a Concord, Massachusetts, and who was then living in Philadelphia, vented her scorching wrath upon me. She would not have been much more bitter if I had accused Mr. Alcott of being a cannibal from New Guinea. As I read the letter, I said to myself, Thank God, I am not married to that woman.
I felt like writing and telling her that although I had made a mistake in geography, she had made a far greater mistakes in common courtesy. That was to be just uh, my opening sentence. Then I was going to roll up my sleeves and tell her what I really thought. But I didn't. I controlled myself. I realized that any author did, fool can do that. And that most fools would do just that. I wanted to be above fools, so I resolved to try to her hostility into friendliness. It would be a challenge, a shot of games I could play. I said to myself, after all, if I were she, I would probably feel just as she does. So I determined to sympathize with the, her viewpoint. The next time I was in Philadelphia, I called her on the telephone. The conversation went something like this. Me, message so and so. You wrote me a letter a few weeks ago and I want to thank you for it. She said in incisive, cultured, well-bred tones to whom have I the honor of speaking. Me, I'm a stranger to you. My name is Dale Carnegie. You listen to me broadcast I gave about Lucia May Alcott a few Sundays ago and I made the unforgivable blunder of saying that she had lived in Concord, New Hampshire. It was a stupid blunder and I want to apologize for it. I was so nice of you to take the time to write me. She said, I'm sorry, Mr. Carnegie, that I wrote as I did. I lost my temper. I must apologize. Me said, No, no, you are not the one to apologize. Um, any school child would have known better than to have said what I said. I apologized over and air the following Sunday. And I want to apologize to you personally now. She said, I was born in Concord, Massachusetts. My family has been prominent in Massachusetts affair for two centuries and I'm very proud of my native state. I was really quite distressed to hear you may that Miss Alcott had lived in New Hampshire, but I'm really ashamed of that letter. Me said, I assure you that you were not one tenth as distressed as I am. My error didn't hurt Massachusetts, but it did, it did hurt me. It is so seldom that people of your standing and culture take time to write people who speak on the radio, and I do hope you will write again if you detect an error in my talks. She said, you know, I really like very much the way you have accepted my criticism. You must be very nice person. I should like to know you better. So because I had apologized and sympathized 
with her point of view she began apologizing and sympathizing with my point of view i had the satisfaction of controlling my temper the satisfaction of returning kindness for an insult i got uh, infinitely more fun out of making her like me that i could ever have gotten out of telling her to go and take a jump in uh, school kill river every man who occupied the white house is faced uh, almost uh, daily with uh, thorny problems in human relations president taft was no exception and he learned from experience an enormous chemical value of sympathy in neutralizing the acid of hard feeling in his book ethics in survives taft give rather an amusing illustrations of how he softened the ire of disappointed and ambitious mother the lady in washington wrote taft whose husband had some political influence came and labored with me for 6 weeks or more to appoint her son to a position she secured to ed of senators and uh, congressmen in formidable number and came with them to see that they spoke with emphasis the place were one requiring technical qualification and following the recommendation um, of the head of bureau i appointed somebody else i then received a letter from the mother saying that i was most ungrateful since i de- uh, declined to make her a happy woman as i could have done by uh, by a turn of my hand she complained further that she had labored with her state delegation and got all votes for administration's bill in which i was especially interested and uh, this was a way i had rewarded her when you get a letter like that i first uh, the first thing you do is to think how you can be uh, severe with a person who had committed an impropriety or even been a little impertinent then you may compose an answer then if you are wise you will put the letter in drawer and knock your drawer take it out in the course of two days such communications will always bear two days delay in answering and when you take it out after the interval you will not spend it that is just a, the course i took after that i sat down and wrote her just uh, as polite a letter as i could telling her i realized a mother's disappointment under such circumstances but that really the appointment was not left to my mere personal preferences that i had to select a man with technical qualification and i had uh, therefore to follow the recommendations of the head of the bureau i expressed that the hope that her son would go on the on to accomplish what she had hoped for him in the position which he then had 
demolified her and she wrote me a note saying she was sorry she had written as she had but the appointment i sent in was not confirmed at once and after the interval i received a letter which purported to come from her husband though it was the same handwriting as all the others i was there in advice that due to the nervous postration that had followed her disappointment in this case she had to take to her bed and had developed a most serious case of cancer of the stomach would i not restore to her to health by withdrawing the first name and replacing it by her son's i had to write another letter this one to the husband to say that i hoped the diagnosis would prove to be inaccurate that sympathized with him in the sorrow he must have in serious illness of his wife but that it was impossible to withdraw the name sent in the man whom i appointed was confirmed and within two days after i received that letter we gave a musical at the white house the first two people to greet mrs thopt and me were this husband and wife through the wife had so recently been in articulo mortis j mangum represented an elevator escalator maintenance company in tulsa oklahoma which had the maintenance contract for the escalators in one of tulsa's leading hotels the hotel manager did not want to shut down the escalators for more than 2 hours at a time because he did not want to inconvenience the hotel's guest the a repair that uh, had uh, to be made would uh, take at least 8 uh, hours and his company did not always have a specially qualified mechanic available at the convenience of the hotel when mr mangum was able to schedule a top flight mechanism for this job he telephoned the hotel manager and uh, instead of arguing with him to give him the necessary time he said rick i know your hotel is quite busy and you would like to keep the escalator shut down time to a minimum i understand your concern about uh, this and he went to do anything possible to accommodate you however our diagnosis of the situation shows that if we do not do our complete job now your escalator may suffer more serious damage and that would cause a much longer shutdown i know you would not want to, to inconvenience your guests for several days the manager had to agree that an 8 hour showroom was more desirable than several days by sim by sympathizing with the manager's desire to keep his 
patrons happy, Mr. Mangum was able to win the hotel manager to his way of thinking easily and without rancor. Joyce Norris, uh, a piano teacher in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, told of how she had handled a problem piano teachers often have with the teenage girls. Bivet had uh, exceptionally long fingernails. This is a serious handicap to anyone who wants to develop proper piano playing habit. Mrs. Norris reported, I knew her long fingernails would be barrier for her in her desire to play well. During our discussion prior to her starting her lessons with me, I did not mention anything to about her nails. I didn't want to discourage her from breaking lessons and I also knew she would not want to lose uh, that uh, which she took so much pride in uh, and uh, such a great care to make attractive. After her first lesson, when I felt the time was right, I said, Babrit, you have attractive hand and beautiful fingernails. If you want to play a piano as well as you are capable of uh, and as well as you would like to, you would be surprised how much quicker and easier it would be for you. If you trim your nails shorter, just think about it, it okay. She made a face which was definitely negative. Am talked to her mother about uh, this situation, again mentioning how lovely her nails were. Another negative reaction. It was obvious that uh, Babrid beautiful, beautifully manicured nails were important to her. The following week, Babrid returned for her second lesson. Much to my surprise, the fingernails had been trimmed. I complimented her and praised her for making such sacrifice. I also thanked to her mother for influencing Babrit to cut her nails. Her reply was, oh, I had nothing to do with it. Babrit decided to do it uh, on her own and uh, this is the first time she has ever trimmed her nails for anyone. Did Mrs. Norris threaten Babrit? Did she say uh, the, she would refuse to teach uh, a student with long fingernails? No, she did not. She let Babrit know that her fingernails were a thing of beauty and it would be sacrificed to cut them. She implied, I sympathize with you. I know it wouldn't be easy, but it will pay off in your better musical development. Dr. Arthur I. Gates said in the splendid book, Educational Psychology, Sympathy the human specifies universally crafts, the child eagerly displays the injury or even inflicts a cut or bruise in order to reap abundant sympathy. For the same purpose, adults show their bruises 
relate their accidents, illness, especially details of surgical operations, self-pity for misfortunes, real or imaginary age. In some measures, practically, a universal practice. So, if you want to win people to your way of thinking, put in practice. Rule number nine, be sympathetic to the other person's ideas and desires. Friendship improves happiness and uh, abates misery by the doubling of our joy and dividing of our grief, said by Marcus Tullis Trinero. Don't be afraid to give your best to what seemingly are small jobs. Every time you can acquire one, it makes you that much stronger if you do the little jobs well, the big ones will tend to take care of themselves, said by Dale Carnegie. Thank you.